Security. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. Well, good morning. Good Monday morning to you gentlemen. Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast. We are coming to you live on a special uh, Monday morning edition of the show because we have stuff to do this week. It's a short week with, uh, uh, what is it, Thanksgiving this week? With yes. Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Uh, yeah. So we got to squeeze one in uh, this week on a Monday. Uh, remember the show is about cybersecurity going on out there in the world. We're going to bring you a bunch of stories today um, about some interesting cybersecurity topics, a follow-up on what the heck is happening over at Boeing, um, some interesting developments there. And it, actually, I, 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 one of the things that has developed out of that, I was actually going to bring up um, as a possibility, and it actually ended up happening, which um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but before we get into the content of the show, just remember um, the three of us, Randy and uh, Andre and myself, we we bring this show to you uh, and, and provide you expertise uh, around cybersecurity through the goodness of our heart. And the only thing we ask you to do is, is pay what we call the fee, which is just share the show, help us grow the show. Um, and we will not take on advertising. We won't bore you with ads or anything like that. Um, the only way we 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 uh, monetize the show, so to speak, is by helping you guys understand what this threat of cybersecurity is. And then in turn, you help us grow the show. You help us spread the word. You help us uh, complete our mission of making sure that we're educating as many people as we can out there about this stuff. So that being said, guys, Welcome to another week, a short week, uh, probably, hopefully, um, potentially an, an eventful week or uneventful week. This is usually one of those weekends we, we head into where a lot of bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. um, because and do you still think that that's the case? Um, I mean, that used to kind of be the, the way the world maybe two, three years ago, um, you kind of you know, as, as cyber, as IT people, you kind of go into these holiday weekends um, with one eye open, right? And, you know, you're always waiting for the proverbial other shoe to drop um, because you expect things to happen over these longer weekends because um, cyber criminals, I think, used to believe or at least, you know, they were they were probably right in their belief. And I, and I kind of have a certain feeling about this nowadays um but let's hear from you guys do you guys think that it's still the case where cyber criminals strike over these holiday weekends or do you just think it just doesn't matter anymore um we've seen instances where like remember like when the schools are, are right uh, uh about to open and we've seen that that's when they do it so they do it like in critical crunch times where it's like you put a lot of squeeze on the the company to make a decision um, I think it's uh, still open in the sense that, you know, they can if they can do things where nobody's monitoring it or not monitoring as close, they can get uh, a lot more things done. I remember it was around July the 4th, I believe, 
when I was at a water park and, you know, I got a scam email, uh, call from my, my bank and my guards were down. So I think they, especially for the users where their guards are going to be down, I think that may be um, a little good time for them to try. Yeah. So, and I, I would say, Brian, um, whatever brings them and just going along with what Andre's saying, he's, he's totally right. I would say whatever brings them the, the best punch from a psychological operations perspective. So it may be that they don't do anything public on Friday afternoon. It may be that that's just when they start getting more, you know, um, obvious about taking over systems and things like that. Um, the other crazy thing, you're right. Three years ago, they used to all be happening on the holidays and Fridays. Nowadays, I think we ought to be saying, Hey, what press release do you think is going to come out this week on Wednesday about somebody getting hacked or Black Friday morning? Because I, I I can almost guarantee you if there's one big hack that comes out from the hacker side, there'll be three press releases that'll go out like Friday morning when no one's looking. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Of uh, companies saying they were breached and there's nothing to see here. And oh, by the way, they got all this personal data. We're going to give everybody a free credit report, you know, or something like that. Anyway, those were my thoughts. Yeah, those things tend to happen uh, on those dates. That'll definitely be. And there's there's been enough cyber attacks in the recent, you know, few weeks here where that's, you know, definitely something where a company will look at Friday is to be a day that they can release some more information about something bad that happened to them, like uh, Boeing. Um, you know, we have this uh, first kind of follow up topic that we want to talk about and bring up, which is, you know, on the show last week, we mentioned that Boeing uh, was was looking at um, a threat from Lockbit that they had stolen data from them. And now we know a little bit more about that situation. We're going to dive into that now. So um they face a significant Boeing faces a significant cyber security threat when the Russia link hacking group Lockbit claimed responsibility for a ransomware attack just before Halloween on October 27, 2023. Uh, Lockbit uh, warned Boeing of, le of leaking sensitive data if their demands were not met. Despite this threat, Boeing acknowledged the hack but maintained that it did not uh, the hack did not compromise any flight safety. However, uh, Boeing failed to meet the deadline of November 2nd, um, and Lockbit published about 45 gigabytes of company data online on November 10th. The leaked data included files from cloud computing company Citrix, security controls, email backups, and more, raising concerns about the potential use of this information for malicious purposes. Um, so... The article goes on to basically state, guys, that there were corporate emails that were leaked um, and that the, uh, the, that the data that was leaked originated from a parts distributor uh, company that Boeing acquired in 2006 known as Avial. And uh, they expressed concern over the extent of the breach, given that it's been 17 years since Boeing has bought that company. So they figure that the integrations between Boeing and this company that they purchased um, were going to be pretty extensive at this point. It, it, 
you know, sometimes when you buy a company, they're kind of like still its own company, kind of like over here, hasn't been fully integrated yet. And the belief is, is that with this company, um, with the amount of time, 17 years, that this company has to be pretty well integrated with the Boeing corporate and network infrastructure, raising concerns that this could go deeper than where it's at right now. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I'm surprised that they didn't pay. And I'm curious to know why. Like, what, what speculations would you have on on why they um, decided not to? Especially I think, what they I mean, Right now, all they're saying is, is that they, they decided that whatever they had did not compromise any national secrets about the, their systems, their flights, and it doesn't impact any flight safety. So I guess as long as they can't... Um, uh, as long as they can't crash the airplanes, Boeing has decided that this information right. um, isn't isn't you know juicy enough for them to get involved, or at least that's what they're saying in public. Who knows what's really what's really happening here? Um, my my thing is is you know what is that Citrix data that's mentioned in this article um, that we found? Mm -hmm. um, is that is that access to further systems to other systems it's you know when you see things like that 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 should raise a lot of red flags for for yeah. especially their their security people yeah also in the list it says security controls doesn't really say exactly what it is and i just wanted to make a real quick point here recently i've started seeing in our um in our uh cybersecurity applications for insurance companies, I've started seeing a question that says, have you gone through a merger in the last two years or in the last five years or something along those lines asking about a merger? The, the reality is when two companies merge, you, you lower, well, I don't know about lower the security, but you raise the possibility of a breach because when you start talking about overlapping security, you know, are, are we just going to leave it like that? Are we going to make sure that that overlap didn't create a new attack surface for the breach to get in on? You know, basically, bottom line, it, it makes the companies more susceptible um, to an attack. Now, in this this case, this may not be the case because this uh, Ava Ill or however you pronounce it, um, this happened like 17 years ago, and and the the whole gist i guess here with that is 17 years ago are they fully integrated now because if they are that's really bad for boeing because that means that these bad guys are deep in the system or are they still kind of run as a as a separate network but i think the moral of the story here so many companies are going through mergers when you go through a merger be sure to bring in a cybersecurity expert and make sure um, that you're not leaving holes um, for the uh, attackers to get in. Cool. Yeah. Andre, any any further thoughts on what could be happening at Bowen? Not really? No, no, no. But I just still don't get it because you, you $73 billion company um, uh, per year. And like you think $10, 15000000 million is pocket change, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting from a lot of different levels. Um, I mean, we'll find out more here um, what, why they, you know, ultimately decided not to pay, what other data gets released, how integrated this company really was with Boeing. Um, 
it, it could be one of those things where Boeing just decided like, hey, this is just one of those companies that we bought um, maybe for a certain contract or, or for a certain part for an airplane or something that this company was specialized in. And maybe they were never really integrated into um, or, or they were segmented out enough from the main pieces of Boeing's business, right? You know, other areas of the business where um, they, they just felt like it wasn't the risk uh, wasn't that great. And they just felt like, look, yeah, this company got hit. Boeing's a massive company and they've bought, you know, thousands of companies over the years, especially in the defense space. There's a lot of small businesses out there where their only customer is the U.S. government, is the Department of Defense. Um, and Boeing, you know, a lot of times will buy up these companies um, and they will, you know, keep them under their umbrella. Um, it's easier for production and, and, you know, and just getting things done from their standpoint to have them under their umbrella rather than a separate company helps them win contracts at times. Um, they can do things like sole source contracts and stuff like that, but they don't have to integrate them. Um, they can kind of just keep them over here as a, as a, as kind of like their own little company. You just keep doing your thing. And that may have been what happened here. Um, I, I may have mentioned it, um, when we talked about it last week, when I talked about how Apple, you know, a lot of times we hear Apple get got hacked. And then a few days later, we find out it was some supplier that supplies something to mm -hmm. Apple. Um, and it becomes a big story because the hackers think, oh, well, we got Apple here when they really don't have Apple. This happens a lot with Sony. It happens a lot. I think we have a Toyota story, right? It happens mm -hmm. a lot with Toyota. Um, Toyota has all these suppliers and, and every time one of these little suppliers gets hacked, it's like, oh, Toyota got hacked. Then you read the story. And it was really just some small supplier that really doesn't have to do anything with the main corporation of, of Toyota. So we'll find out. Um, I think that we're going to find out that this company was more segmented than we thought. Um, and, you know, at the same time, kudos to, to Boeing for, for doing this, right? Cause we talk about network segmentation and making sure that you have things broken up in a way where if something happens to a little company over here, right? The redheaded stepchild is, as uh, Andre said, right? That it doesn't affect, you know, the space program that Boeing's running or, you know, the missile program that Boeing's running, right? Um, that's, uh, that's what we don't want to hear, right? We don't want to hear that a small company got hacked like this that Boeing owns and it ended up causing a bigger problem, national security type stuff, right? So, but moving right along, we have the city of uh, Long Long Beach, is it? With about 460,000 residents recently announced it had suffered a cyber attack on November 14th. In response, the city shut down parts of its IT network to halt the spread of the attack. They've engaged a cybersecurity firm for the investigation, and the FBI has been notified. Uh, but the city took immediate action uh, detecting the attack disconnecting systems to prevent further spread and a statement on their website indicated that systems would be offline for several days as a precaution during the investigation and any necessary remediation. 
while city email and phone systems are expected to remain functional and public facilities like city hall will stay open, some online services will be unavailable, potentially causing delays in services and inconveniences to the public. Um, those services really haven't been defined yet, but we can kind of talk about what those services potentially could be in a city like this. Emergency services, however, are not affected by uh, the downtime and the specific nature of the cyber attack and whether data was stolen remain unclear. Uh, though the incident shares characteristics with a ransomware attack, which often involves uh, data theft. No group has claimed responsibility for the attack. Uh, which is not unusual because these uh, claims typically emerge a week or more after an incident, often as part of extortion attempts. Um, anything else you guys want to add to this? I think that's pretty mm -hmm. much it. Um, this is the 80th city or local government to be attacked in the United States in 2023. And data theft has occurred in 46 of the incidents. There, you know, uh, our little like sub motto, if you will, or core DNA is read between the lines. And there, there as there's actually some pretty good information here between the lines. If you think about it, um, one of them is they said they turned off the affected machines. Okay. I understand that is a, this is a press release and I looked at their website and it, you know, it says that we value cybersecurity and all this jazz, but that doesn't really tell you how they got in there in the first place. And just turning off some machines doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you know, the bad guys are over there in Russia or wherever, you know, they're like all in your system. They're like, oh gosh, they turned off our machines. I don't think it's that simple, right? Um, very likely they, they didn't turn off all the machines that the bad guys are in. So, they make it sound like, oh, we've turned off some machines and we're going to just go wipe some stuff. And th there's a there's a huge battle going on right now behind the scenes um, at the very at the very, very minimum. And then the other thing is just wanted to point it out, reading between the lines here. They caught they called it an incident um, and on their press release. They didn't really go into the whole thing. Um, all, and that's actually good. Always talk to your lawyers before you make a press release. Don't come out and say it's ransomware right off the bat or whatever. Don't necessarily call it a breach right off the bat. Um, talk to your lawyer first and uh, get some advice on what to say when you do the uh, press release. And by the way, 80, that's huge. Just like Cindy said. Yeah, 80. I mean, do the math. We're only in month 11 right now. We still have a whole other month to go. Yep. So you're probably looking at you're like literally you're looking at like seven to eight more attacks before the end of the year mm -hmm. yeah your city your town small town america is going to get hacked you know by the end of the year it's definitely going to happen it's it's the numbers won't change it's not gonna they're not gonna take a break in december if anything they're gonna ramp it up more in december um and it could be more than eight it could be 10 it could be 12. um it's just too many um especially you know, for whatever reason, it seems like even though they are on the critical infrastructure list, it seems like they're kind of like on the like list 1B, you know, right? mm -hmm. like of the critical infrastructure. And it's nothing, nothing is getting done. Nothing seems to happen. Like we've said on this show a million times, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to help you, save you with these problems. 
you, you, everybody's got to start figuring this out on, on their own. And I think, you know, schools across the country, uh, cities across the country um, are learning this uh, and businesses are going to learn it. Hospitals and, and businesses are going to learn it too. You know, just every business is going to have to learn the lessons that these industries are already learning. You have to do more, you have to spend more, and you have to figure out um, whether, you know, uh, you know, and I, I'm going to kind of go off uh, off the rails a little bit here and talk about something. But I, I was listening to a conversation last week um, with financial people about companies investing in AI. Right. Um, and <clears throat> one of the things that I that I kind of look at at a macro level is like AI, cybersecurity, companies that are publicly traded around this stuff and start to look at it. If you look at it. You're you're you were in a weird spot right now, guys, and I want to open up this conversation a little bit. But cybersecurity companies, publicly traded ones, their stock is is dropping, and AI companies is going up, right? So to me, what I look at that as as a person who's going, wow, what are businesses really spending their IT budget on, right? Because it's all part of an IT budget, right? And it shouldn't be. Cybersecurity should be its own budget item outside of IT. And once companies figure that out, we'll get a lot better with this stuff. But, you know, that's a whole problem in itself. But IT budgets alone, if businesses in the boardroom and CEOs and people making these decisions are starting to say, well, AI looks like a better investment for us than cybersecurity, you're going to get punched in the face in 2024 without a doubt. Yep. Um, if you if you spend more money or you don't or you aren't doing enough around cybersecurity and make the decision to spend money on cyber on on, on AI, you're going to be in a lot of trouble in the next two or three years. Um, yep. And that's just the reality. And I'm just giving a warning because because I looked at it last week and I'm like, wow, I'm like, look at all those AI companies and look at their stock prices. And, and honestly, these these companies are all speculative. Where you have legitimate cybersecurity companies out there that have been in business for many years or, and they're publicly traded, Cisco being one of them, and their stock goes down, right? And, and, and that just is telling you, uh, and it's not just their stock went down, they reported their earnings last week and their earnings were down, which means that, comp that companies are deciding not to invest in cybersecurity and they're shifting that spending to AI, which is really scary to me. Um, so moving right along, anything you guys want to add on, on this whole thing with this, uh, with this city, uh, in, in Long Beach, California, or are we good to go to, uh, I mean, just really quickly, if, uh, I mean, I would just say if you're from, um, a city government and you're watching our show, um, we, we can't underscore how important this is to, to move forward with getting cyber secure and with, securing this is a national infrastructure thing and securing our governments and you know i'm sure it's true where y'all are as well brian and andre but we're seeing a lot of cities in our area just drag their feet man um and not do much about it and it's disturbing so we need it we need to get off of that i know i know that's kind of some of what you've been saying the last several minutes but i'm just gonna piggyback on the on that yeah yeah, but, but Randy, we need AI. It's going to make our streets safer, make us, you know, 
get everything running better. I, I could just see that in the boardroom. Uh, it kind of just going back to what Brian, you, you spot on, Brian, as far as that. AI is the new buzzword. Everybody wants it. And, uh -huh. to, and our budget is going to be the one that takes the hit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, the reality of it is, is like from where I sit, um, I've been in conversations in companies where they're literally, let me, let me, let me word this correctly. There's companies out there that operate, large companies that operate where their IT budget is part of their marketing budget, hmm. right? Like marketing spend and IT spend are kind of lumped together, right? I've, where I've, I've dealt with companies where I've had to deal with the CMO because there was no CIO or, C, or, or technology person. They didn't really have an IT department established yet in the size of company that they, they were, but they had a chief marketing officer. And the chief marketing officer was the one who got the IT budget. Why? Because the IT budget, or at least in this company's eyes, IT was like social media, was like you know running ads on Facebook and things like that. So it went it was funneled that way first before you know actual it got their hands on it and then by the time you're talking about okay marketing gets their cut it gets like a little piece over here and then you're trying to do cybersecurity around that you start to pull back the the problems that this company has and how they're kind of allocating funds to their their different departments um, and the way that they're doing it and not having an IT kind of function established in their business yet, it, it, it creates a lot of challenges for businesses. That's just one business that I can give you an example of. But there's a lot of businesses out there where you're, you're fighting marketing or mar fighting for marketing. You know, and that's what I look at this with AI. AI is not, is not technology right now, right? It's, it's marketing. It helps you helps you do marketing functions quicker. Now, there's some AI that, that can help you do other things a little bit quicker. But at the end of the day, the AI that we have right now is a generative language model. And the only thing it knows how to do is string words together. That's literally what it, it's doing for people. It's a giant plagiarism tool. Yeah, it's stringing words together. And it's like, okay, yes, this word followed by this word makes sense. And, and that's literally, it's a one in zero situation, right? And it gives itself, a, yes, that's correct. This next word is correct or no, this next word's not correct. And it does that really fast through a lot of words and it strings words together. Um, and it has no idea what it's really saying to you. It just knows that the, this next word makes the most sense. And that's how these models are built. Um, and, and that's the reality. And that's what these companies are, 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 are pouring money into. Um, and unfortunately, the AI that we have today is not the AI we're going to have in the future. So I, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm kind of given the warning, but I'm also scared at the same time that I see companies making this this mistake because mm -hmm. it's yeah. going to be a massive, massive win for cyber criminals in the long mm -hmm. run. For at least yep. for the next two to three years, you're really yep. throwing these guys a, a lifeline yep. by doing what you're doing. It's true. And they're going to have their own version of of chat GPT, which I call either bad GPT or chat GPT until we come up with a better, <laughs> a better word for it. But the cyber criminals will have that. And right. it's perfect for them. Right. Because they can string together a whole bunch of words and make a, a great email or whatever. 
Well, or or well, the other piece of it is is ChatGTP doesn't care what kind of language you're. It's modeling, right? right. It's only it like it's like look at it this way: if we're, we're talking about training a dog here, right? Like all ChatGTP and all these language models are doing is is getting feedback from humans, going, "Hey, did what I give you?" sound good look good yeah. you give it a thumbs up and it's like all right you just gave it a treat now it's going to repeat that behavior right so you can do that with any language and coding is nothing more than language right for computers mm -hmm. so if you so ai the advantage that hackers have is they can write software they can write different malware they can write ransomware quicker with this tool and it'll benefit them more than it will benefit most of the businesses that are out there today, right? Because they don't need language models to make pizzas, right? <laughs> you know, no, no AI is ever going to help somebody make a better pizza. It's just not going to happen. Now, not in the next couple of years, at least. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. So, <laughs> so moving right along as, as ransomware groups get smarter and better, this is this is like this should have been our top story, but this I'm glad we we kind of kept it to the third because I love I love this story, um, <laughs> I, I love this story I just love it um, because here you have the confluence of hackers, business, and government through regulations coming together, um, and this is no different than what we've seen with hackers. This is this is right out of the hackers playbook. I mean when. You know, when hackers hack your business, they usually come at you with messages that say, hey, we got into your business. You have crappy cybersecurity or you have crappy security or you have crappy network security. Mm -hmm. We broke in. And now we want you to pay us a fee to show you how we broke in and help you fix this problem. So they 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 you know they they do the criminal act they get in and and they break into your network but then when they come to you and say hey here we are um they're kind of coming at you like they're a security company and they're going to help you get better with security by showing you wh what they did um and this is kind of what's happening here too but they're kind of doing it a different way so as we know um the SEC and even the FTC, the U.S. government, has taken the approach to put out a lot of regulations on business and more are coming. And it's only getting worse as time moves on. Um, and the SEC has come out and put a lot of clamps down on the businesses when it comes to cyber attacks. One of the things that you have to do as an SEC uh, regulated company is you have to report these cyber attacks in a fairly quick period of time now. Um, the amount of time that you have to report is is shrinking. Um, and it's pretty serious if you don't report and you need to meet these deadlines. And, and a lot of publicly traded companies, even though a lot of these regulations, especially with the SEC, don't go into effect until December, a lot of companies that we've seen hit, and we've talked about it on this show, for the last two or three months have been kind of reporting things in the time frame that the SEC has laid out. And then you have some companies like this company called Meridian Link, who purportedly, according to Black Cat, has been hacked, or Alf V, whatever you want to call them today. Um, according to the, this group, they've hacked this company. And 
instead of going public with it, they just went to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and said, we hacked this company and they didn't report it. Mm -hmm. And here we are. So let's get into it. This Black Cat ransomware group has escalated their extortion tactics by filing a complaint with the U.S. SEC against Meridian Link, a software company they claim to have attacked. Meridian Link is a publicly traded company offering digital solutions to financial institutions, allegedly didn't disclose a cyber attack within the required four-day period. Alf V claims they breached Meridian Link's network on November 7th, stealing data but not encrypting the systems. They state that despite reaching out to Meridian Link, they did not respond to negotiate the ransom for the supposedly stolen data. Frustrated by the silence, Alf V filed a complaint with the SEC, alleging that Meridian Link failed to disclose a significant breach involving customer and operational data. They even published a screenshot of the complaint form uh, filled out on the SEC's website. So what do you guys think about this little tactic? Well, we definitely see a little bad GPT used there in order for them to say, in your own words, describe the conduct or situation. That's pretty good English there. Yeah. And, you, you know, this is a, um, you know, we're talking a little bit in the green room, how there's there's still a little bit of, uh, of sense of humor, trolling, um, that's involved sometimes in some of these very serious events. Um, but I think this even goes beyond that, though, because my first read of this is like, wow, that's just like classic troll. But what I really think this is, this is a psyop. This is saying we're not going to hide your dirty little secret in, you know, after December 15th, when it's required to be um, basically reported within four days. Like you can't count on us to hide your dirty little secret. You're still going to have to report. So there's not going to be any hiding. And that's a psyop because that puts thumbs of pressure on the situation, makes them more likely to, to pay so, up. Things. So here's, all right. So I'm, I'm going to, you're hundred percent right, Randy, but I'm going to kind of, let's open up. I want to open up the discussion a little bit here because you know, our companies, you like, we're running a campaign right now in our company for the SEC regulations, right? We're trying to let companies know, like, by December 15, 2023, here are the things that you have to do if you're breached in any way, right? So, and, and a lot of this stuff that you have to do, you're going to want to have things done ahead of time so you can comply within the four day window that you have to comply, right? And, and we're trying to, do our do our thing and market and educate and let these publicly traded companies know and anybody who's regulated by the SEC know that here are the new rules and here's what you're going to have to do. And we're also trying to educate them and let them know, like I said, that you can't just you can't just expect to be able to do this stuff when you get attacked. Like it might take you more than four days to get the information you need to 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 submit to the SEC and it's not just you have to tell them in four days or are, are things there are very specific things that this rule lays out that you have to submit to within those four days. And I would say if you don't have certain things put in place ahead of time, you're not going to be able to make that deadline. Right. Right. So that's that. But, you know, I'm just kind of it begs the question to me. 
do these do, do the regulations and the and the way that our government is going about this right now, which is you know most of the regulations that I see out there today that are being put on businesses are requiring companies to disclose things a lot faster, right? So who does that favor? Does that favor the government and cyber defense? Because the, the spirit behind that requirement is the quicker we know, the quicker we can, you know, get the word out and people can start, you know, defending themselves against whatever the, the hack of the day is or whatever. You know, that's kind of the thought process or the government can understand like what the breadth and depth of of it is either from a financial standpoint, whether, you know, if it's a publicly traded company and now they're going to lose millions of dollars, like people are going to want to know that sooner than later so they can, you know, make changes to their investment. But at the end of the day, is this one of those things where we're going to look back and go, wow, the initial approach by the government around these cyber attacks really didn't, you know, it's, this is all a big mystery to everybody how to deal with this problem, right? So they're just trying different things. And our government's really, this is their first stab at it, right? And what it seems to have done for, for the cyber criminals is it's given them more leverage to get paid a lot quicker. And uh, Do you guys see it that way too? Because I'm, I'm just seeing it like, you know, here you go. And again, Randy, you're right in what you said and going back to what you said, this, I think this is a shot across the bow by cyber criminals to all publicly traded companies that this is how we're going to handle things moving forward. And even though you still have a month before this goes into effect, this is how we're going to be doing things moving forward. So you better be prepared to you know, report to the SCC once we infiltrate your network. Otherwise, we're going to do it for you. Do you think we'll ever see them have uh, breach a company and say, hey, you're breached. Here's a link to a, a report you can file with the SEC right now. We've already created it for you. You think we'll ever see that? I bet you we will. But I don't know. No, I think there's. I think I think they're just the, the, the emails that they send and the messages that they send to them are going to say, we're going to notify the SEC if you don't pay us. And and then if they don't get paid, then they're just going to go and file. And I think that that's and, and but just like just like everybody kind of knowing through word of mouth that if you pay the ransom, you get your data back. The the world in the world of the SEC and regulated companies and publicly traded companies, they're going to know if they get hit by a, a cyber criminal group that the SEC is going to going to know within four days. So the days of these companies trying to hush it away, like Meridian Link is trying to do, are over. Right, and you will you will have to be prepared to make a decision whether you're going to engage with these guys. Or, or you're going to kind of not engage with them and then do everything by the by the letter of the law and and move forward, right? And that's, you know, so the days of you brushing this under the rug are over. Like, it's, it's clear as day. Like, you're not, you're, this, these things are going to get reported by either your, you, yourself, or the cyber criminal group. Um, but this, again, this just gives more leverage to these companies or to these cyber criminal groups, in my opinion, to get paid. Oops. Lost my mic. Lost my mic. Yeah. Oh, I, I think 
I think it's going to benefit everybody. It's going to benefit, like how you said, um, Brian, you're yeah. doing the marketing. You're going to try to get new business from it, yeah. new clients from it. It's going to benefit the the hackers because now they put the thumb on the on the on the on that pain point for the consumer, and then also for the companies. Um, I think it's going to benefit their clients, the cons the actual consumer, because now they're going to know that okay, wow, something just happened. I need to look out for an e you know phishing emails or different calls. So. Um, I think it's going to benefit all. And also the second point was um, you had talked about them not reporting it. Do you pay and not report it? And I think that's like, I would hope a, a, an executive or board doesn't try to put this under the rug. Like that just seems like a huge conspiracy to do and, and to try to hide over just reporting it. It's like, I don't know if that's really worth your job that you know, because you got ransomware, it's it's or you know you got hit or something. It's not like it's not like trying to bury a a dead body. It's like I th I don't think it's worth doing all of that in future jail time because you got popped. Yeah. Well, that's that's all the other things that I mean. Yeah. Look at the SolarWinds um, CISO, and there's another CISO I was reading last week who's on the hot seat right now. Um, you know, executives are are being held accountable for these for this stuff for these decisions and and how things were handled and when things were reported and why things were reported or weren't reported um and you know again the, the days of ceos enjoying you know no repercussions for their decision making around this stuff whether it's reporting whether it's how much you spend on something whether it's whether you spend something or not whether you decide to invest in chat gtp over cybersecurity you're going to be called to answer these questions when you deal with a cyber event. Like, why did you decide to do this over this? And if your decision making doesn't make sense to an investigator or a regulator, you're going to find yourself in hot water um, as, as a, you know, as they always say, with great power comes great responsibility and, and CEOs and people with that C title at companies and decision making power need to understand that you're not just showing up to a job every day and, and doing things and, and not, and it doesn't affect people. It does. Well, and, and that's what we're learning here. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, so it, true, it's hundred percent. And what we've seen over the past several years, as we've gone into and looked at breach after breach, after breach, after breach, there's a pattern and these SEC rules that are coming out and going into effect, they're trying to break that pattern. The FTC safeguards rule, trying to break that pattern. Um, and the idea is we've got to get people to report these things. Um, and, you know, that's really part of moving forward and working through this is getting the getting everything brought to light um, and 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 getting things dealt with properly. And there's just been a lot of, oh, let's stick our heads in the sand. We don't need to tell anybody, you know, blame it on the IT guy, blame it on this person, blah, blah, blah. And all these rules are just trying to overcome that and get us to a place where we can be secure. All right. I agree. Because, you know, last article we're going to wrap up here with, and we'll go through it quickly. Um, so Toyota Financial Services, and for whatever reason, the article points out that this is Europe and Africa. Um, I don't have any details to why it's, it's only those areas. Uh, but they have a, 
a major cyber attack that they're saying they're recovering from and it's shut because they they're, they had their they had to shut down their systems and while they the company the automaker hasn't officially confirmed the details um the medusa ransomware group has claimed responsibility and wow they've been around for a while and i haven't yeah. heard from them in a while we haven't um but they announced that they've stolen data from toyota demanding eight million ransom within 10 days um and just to pile on top of that one of the, uh, the leading cybersecurity experts out there uh kevin beaumont which if this guy's going to post something on twitter i would i would take heed and i'm surprised like I don't know much about this. I'm just reading the article, but it just says here that uh, Kevin po pointed out on Twitter or X that oh. Toyota's internet accessible systems were vulnerable to the Citrix bleed vulnerability, a vulnerability that was discovered in 2023. Um, and it affects the Citrix NetScaler gateway and ADC products and compromised dozens of organizations and governments recently, allowing attacks attackers to access sensitive information and hijack users. Just did a Shodan search. That's all. It's a Shodan search for yeah. that particular report. And then he just posted a screenshot of that on, on X. He's probably the first person to, to do that. But yeah, that's, this is a public publicly vulnerable uh, or a publicly available vulnerability, a uh, publicly facing vulnerability. So not good. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Cause Toyota's, you know, whether it's them or their affiliates, they 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 have a lot of security breaches. Um, you know, for for as big of a company as they are, and for as big of a company as they are, it's pretty scary because they have a lot of data. There's a lot of Toyotas out there. I mean, in the world, not just in the U.S. So, um, thoughts on this, Andre? Pretty quiet. You own a Toyota. No, no thoughts on this one. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, Toyota faced a bunch of security concerns over the years. Uh, the Medusa ransomware group has been around for a couple years, so we'll see where this ends up. They like to um, jump on publicly vulnerable devices, so not surprising to see that this group um, hack them. They usually like to go after um, RDP and stuff like that. But when you're leaving a Citrix server wide open with vulnerabilities, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, this uh, the search was November 9th um, that they did the search on Shodan for this. I wonder if it's been patched yet, but this Doesn't is literally they've been hit. So, yeah, and it's literally the, the certificate that relates to what we're talking about um, right now. And. As of the ninth, it was unpatched. So, you know, was that the vulnerability that they got in on, um, and they just don't know about it? Um, is that a, is that a separate vulnerability that's open? It's not. It's not good. I'll tell you that. We'll know more soon. Yeah, Randy will update us. So. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Interesting. Interesting where this stuff is evolving. Interesting that, you know, publicly traded companies are now being extorted because of regulations put in place by our government. Um, we'll see where all this goes as, as the world turns in cybersecurity. But that's why we do this show, because this stuff is ever changing. It changes fairly quickly now. Um, it seems like it's changing a lot quicker now that the government's kind of biting down on you know, different things here and there. 
Um, and hopefully businesses are paying attention. So, you know, like I said, if you can help us by spreading the word on this show, by sharing it, liking it, putting a comment somewhere, all those little things help the show uh, get out there and get in front of other people. And uh, the three of us wish you and your family a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And we will see everybody next week. Take care. Same normal time next week, right? Mark, we know. Yep, normal time. See you then. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>